Hi. Hi. This is Nathaniel. And this is Trevin. Welcome to Rest the Spell. I hope you enjoy it. Come in. Let me tell you, we've been preparing all day. Yep. We've had the, the, teas, the tea is boiling. Mm-hmm. The poetry book is open. Mm-hmm. Our guest is arriving. And our ears are ready to listen. Yes, it is. So just come in today. And, and rest, rest the spell. Well, hello. Hey, Trevin. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good. I'm gonna um, go ahead. You go ahead and introduce our guest. Yeah. So she is a published author. Um, she is the director of Residence Life. And she has impacted um, countless of people in her life. Um, one of the best hosts ever known to man, if I do say so myself. Um, spreading joy, hospitality, and comfortability wherever she goes. And having some transcendence at the table. Okay, that's pushing it. <laughs> um, the one and only Dr. Julia Herlow. Thank you so much. It's good to be here today. So, yeah. Dr. Herlow. Um, you can always call me Julia. 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 I think maybe the wrong... Can you talk into the mic real quick? Sure. Yeah, the mic's not on. Yeah, it is. It's not showing up on the levels. Okay, go ahead again. Okay. Is that showing up now? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Maybe just increase her yep. gain. There you go. For all of our wonderful listeners. Um, yeah. Sick. <laughs> but, so... It's been a pleasure knowing you these last few years. And I think it's been so interesting to see the journey that you have gone on. Wait, Trevin, how, how do you know her? Oh, I so I got to the last two years, not this year, but the two years before I got to work in residence life. Um, and I feel like I got to know you a little bit better the second year. Mm-hmm. Got to kind of be more involved within like the whole residence life as a whole, kind of rather than just my own staff. Um, and then like this year, I also feel like I... Like, I feel like I know a ton of people in residence life this year more than last year. Nathaniel, how do you know her? Oh, well, you see, <laughs> you may have noticed that Trevin said the first two years, but not this year. And that's because I took his place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not working in residence mm-hmm. life. Um, and I think I, the majority of how I know you is through other people, um, especially through our new hall director, Mr. Matthew Beck. You and him appear to be pretty good friends. I'd say that's a good, uh, good dis- descriptor. That's um, fair to say. But yeah. So you were going on with a question. Yeah. Yes. Where has this like journey through residence life, what has like been one of, we're going out with a big question here, I realized. Sure. That's um, great. What's been one of the biggest like lessons that you have learned going through, because you were English hall director at one point, correct? Correct. Yes. And then working in student development office and now ultimately being the director of residence life at Taylor. Where is that? kind of taken you where, where have like you learned from that sure I think probably the biggest thing that I would say has influenced my role in residence life is that um, I have realized you can only make a first impression once mm-hmm. and residence life is full of impressions and the way that we interact with people and the way that we interact with one another And I was a student um, at another sister institution um, as an undergraduate student. And my first encounter. I don't believe we want to name. Especially that that's the week. Right. This is the week. This is the week. But go Trojans. Fully, fully Mm -hmm. Taylor. So full Taylor. So um, at another institution. And I was a freshman and I had um, my first encounter with my um, PA or RA at the time. And she was really rude to myself and my roommate and we did not feel welcomed in our space. And so that was my first encounter with residence life as a student at 18. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, that was almost 20 years ago. And I still think about that encounter and think about how we have one opportunity to make a first impression. And the way that we welcome people and that we host people is really significant to the work that we do. And so I have given my career to hosting people as well as my life outside of my career to mm. creating space for people to gather together. So what did that journey towards Taylor look like then? Sure. So being at said sister institution as a student, I knew of Taylor um, as an undergraduate student. And I cared a lot about community um, as an undergraduate student and the way that I pursued my leadership opportunities, the way that I lived on my floor and the floors that I was a part of. And a friend had given me actually Taylor's Life Together Covenant as a Hmm. 19-year-old and said, oh, I read this document. I think you'd really be interested in this. It has a lot to do with community. And I didn't know that it was Taylor um, the handbook that Taylor used for their students. I just thought it was this really beautiful document on life together. And there were six beautiful skills and ways to respect each other and scripture that supported that. And so I utilized that. And even how I led as a student um, in my role as an undergraduate student, and I had that document tucked away in the back of my Bible. And I had that in my Bible for years um, and how I lived in community. Um, actually, Matt Beck, um, the said mm-hmm. hall director of Bergwa Hall, we were brother-sister um, RAs at our institution um, in undergrad. And then we actually further, he got married and um, he and another couple friends, we all lived in community together. And so that document was really significant to how we all lived together and what we did. And then wow. years later, I just yeah kept feeling drawn to Grant County. I left Grant County for about five years and felt really led to come back to Taylor um, or come back to Grant County, I should say. And then there's an opening at Taylor as a hall director. And I was elated. I knew that <laughs> I wanted the job even before they offered it. I thought even if they tell me they don't want me to work here, I still want to work here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to decide how I feel in that process. And um, the door opened. And I really believe in the mission of Taylor to live life together. And 18 to 22, 23 year olds engaging in that concept feels really significant. So to be part of that feels like such a gift and a joy. Um, so with that encounter with that, your first RA at 18 years old, what like made you look like at that? And then how did that turn that into motivation to go into residence life? Like normally that would deter people. Um, and how did that make become motivation for you? Trevin, excellent question. Excellent, excellent question. I believe in restorative practices in redemption. And I deeply believed this could be done differently. This can be done different for other people. And so instead of complaining about things, I'm a big let's promote change and let's figure out how to be a change agent in this process. Mm-hmm. And so I really believed that I needed to stop complaining about it and figure out a way to do it differently. And so I applied to be on student leadership my sophomore year and I was, and then I was on student leadership for three years. I helped oversee the mentoring department at our university and create that process of how do people gather in small groups. And I just said, okay, I'll be part of the change rather than perpetuating the problem. Yeah. So um, what are some, what is some advice that you would give to other students who want to make change but aren't entirely sure how? Mm -hmm. Like what are kind of those practical steps of like the vision and then the implementation? It's a great question as well. Look at you, too. These are great questions. Um, <laughs> I, think that, today. <laughs> yeah, I think that I would ask students what they value and why they're dissatisfied. I think it's really important to figure out the why behind dissatisfaction. I um, hear students make comments about, you know, I don't have air conditioning in my residence hall. Okay, we're not going to get air conditioning in some of the residence halls because the building structure can't hold the electricity. If that's a value of yours, where else can you go to live 
that has air conditioning. Maybe maybe a floor that is named after it's ice cold because uh-huh. it's iceberg, Firstberg. Uh-huh. Exactly. Well done. Good plug for the, yeah. for your area. <laughs> um, so I think the spaces of that, or figuring out if someone says, you know, we don't have enough activities on our floor, to figure out why. Why mm-hmm. is that happening? And to be part of saying, well, I, am I willing to suggest opportunities? Am I willing to put myself out there and say, okay, I really want to go bowling. Let's go bowling. And if n- only two people come, it was a success because two people then went bowling. Or if you're trying to get every single person to go, then what's something everyone will participate in? And I think it requires vulnerability to say, I want to do something or I want to experience something that I'm yet to experiencing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea at 18 when I knew I had a bad first impression and experience um, with my RA that that would lead to the changing of how I engage my career. Mm -hmm. But what I did know is that I, at any point, will now say, we have one opportunity to have a first impression and we mm-hmm. get to move forward. And if it doesn't go well, we can apologize and say we're sorry. But that requires vulnerability at every step. So yeah. I would encourage students to figure out what they want and why they want it and then how they can be part of creating that opportunity. And if it's interchangeable, then to say, okay, maybe that's not the space for you or you need to think of something different. Yeah, when you talk about vulnerability, that kind of reminds me of during the training before school, you guys showed us this video of um, these two roommates who just like put a hall, uh, a dining hall table in like the middle of their apartment hall, mm-hmm. and they just just the two of them, and they just wait for people to show up from the apartments, mm-hmm. and eventually people show up, and that was really um, <clears throat> that was really impactful for me going into it, because that's something that I've always kind of known as well. Like, you have to be vulnerable. But that's the hardest part, mm-hmm. <laughs> taking that first step. Yes. And so we actually kind of did our own little version of that um, at one of at the first women's soccer game just. Since we're more football players, we did it our way. We just started a tailgate um, for the women's the football game. And surprisingly, the majority of our floor like showed up. Um, and we had like a bunch of people come up. But in the beginning, it was just um, it was just Parker and Trevin and I playing um, Pong with water <laughs> out in front of Turner Stadium. Oh, I wasn't there. You weren't there? No. Okay. That's, that's why I got there. It was super late. Mm, that's true. Because that's why so I moved in. So it was just in. Parker, Braden, and yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I feel like hospitality is something that that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from my since life. And to understand that my my words have an impact. Um what has our show. Or the name of our show. Come in, rest a spell. Um, what has been something that like why is hospitality such an important part? of residence life and why is it such an important part of your life your life? Sure. I think they probably would go together because I think realistically at the beginning of time in the larger story of the Genesis poem, God cared about hospitality Mm -hmm. and God cared about creating space for people to thrive and flourish and grow and be with one another to work the land and be in relationship with one another. And I think that's the original design of creation. So I think that Taylor is an offshoot of that space of God's kingdom of saying, what does it look like to have a space where people want to live well together in community and with one another doing work, which is most for students to get their education and the work that we get to be part of is our career and to create more opportunities for God's kingdom to flourish in relationship with people. Um, I personally grew up in a family where my parents cared a lot about welcoming people and they cared a lot about helping other people and being present with people. I have gone to more weddings and funerals than I know how to even count because my parents said we can't miss opportunities to support people. Mm. And Mm. they are very generous with their space and their time 
And I think that has been part of the structure that I grew up with. And then I've just realized that everyone longs for belonging. And I truly believe that that is God's loving intention for creation is to have place to belong. And I think that's the vulnerability that God even experienced in the pain of when Adam and Eve Mm. made the choice to eat of the fruit. And God had given very clear parameters. Yet God also went towards Adam and Eve and said, where are you? And creating space for there to be a new way. And then thus we know the, you know, the gospel story of Jesus coming and to think of one of the people of the Trinity being part of earth and coming to earth and experiencing redemption. Um, I think that shows a ton of vulnerability and a ton of hospitality to how do we understand what it means to live with one another and to have humility in that process. So I think it's part of the larger story for both Taylor and myself that it mirrors the larger story of scripture. What has been one of like, as you kind of look back over your time here at Taylor, what has been like just like a, a really fun time or like just a thing that st- like strikes out like that was just that went really well or that was just really fun and valuable mm-hmm. well one of my favorite traditions actually just happened a few weeks ago um is in Wangets actually and when they do the future dads of the great future dads of america or of the world <laughs> and yeah. The creativity and the humor that's connected to an entire floor of men expressing themselves in very unique ways in the different options of how people could potentially be parents or be Mm -hmm. a part Mm -hmm. of humanity. Um, There's such creativity and the humor. I really value dry humor. And so there's Mm -hmm. such Uh a dry humor to the, yeah. the whole night is just dry humor and it's how they expose that and they explicitly or implicitly give you insight to that. So I would say that is one of the, probably the most fun experiences I think at Taylor and it's because it's really creative, but I think it's just a minute experience of the larger story of what Taylor does so well and the creativity. Mm -hmm. I mean, the production of Airband is shocking every time, Mm -hmm. every time there's Airband or my gen or, I mean, just event after event, even silent night. I, usually have tears in my eyes because there's something so funny that I was laughing at. Mm -hmm. It's just the humor and the creativity never ceases to amaze me at Taylor. Yeah. I'm really curious. So we had a delightful conversation with Steve Austin and he talked about, and this was like the week of Melon and Gourd. And he talked about how his friends actually were the ones who came up with Melon and Gourd. And he talks about how, as he's looked at Taylor throughout the ages, um, because he's been here a lot longer than most people think. Um, how he has seen it like it there has been like kind of like a shift um in terms of like how taylor does um our events and, and traditions and stuff, traditions yeah. and Trevor, do you want to take it i feel like you could yeah so he was well. saying that like with knowing everything's become a big like rather than like just the tradition itself it's now an event it's now a melody and gore week where there's a huge event and there's social media and there's all this stuff and it feels like it's a lot more preparation and there's a lot more thought into it than rather than just like his point was like you think about it now like silent night we think about silent night for months and months mm-hmm. like the entire fall semester and it, it, normally you just did it you just showed up and you did it you didn't stand in line you didn't you just showed up you just walked in and yeah, so did you have a question about that? or? Yeah, so I was just wondering what your opinion was on that right. and how you feel about that. Because I also think there is a certain sort of value to doing things well, but I also kind of get how, like, we should, I don't know, sometimes I think it would be just refreshing to just, like, show up to Silent Night without having to yeah. put a month's worth of work into it. And fight about, like, there's a lot of fighting. I think there's, like, you know? different value. Yeah. There's a different, like, sense of value you get out of either side. And I was just wondering what your opinion was on that. 
Sure. Well, I would trust Steve because he's been here, like you said, longer than most people think and also (laughs) has seen things evolve over time. Mm -hmm. I do think that it's interesting the level of planning that does go into events and how students engage in events because culturally there's so much spontaneity and there's not a lot of for like fourth um, coming thinking and how students typically mm-hmm. plan on things because it doesn't match how a lot of students will talk about school. Like they'll be like, I have a test in three weeks. Oh, I'll just study right before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's these certain parts of life that are spontaneous or last minute or lots of procrastination as part of that. And then events, there's a hype behind it mm-hmm. that I wonder at sometimes it has to become performance oriented mm-hmm. instead of actually engaging together because Mellon and Gord is a great example of actually community building and how you know the people on your floor, you know the people that are part of your the area that you live, you mm-hmm. learn their schedule, you learn what's important to them. <laughs> like There's a lot of planning that does, I think, produce a lot of fruit to that. But I wow. also think there is something about the spontaneity of the vulnerability of saying, hey, who wants to go to dance? And I mean, I just am always surprised at the time of night students choose to go to dance and (laughs) drive. I mean, it is such a commitment, Mm -hmm. yet that usually happens with spontaneity. So Mm -hmm. I think there's probably a juxtaposition as also culturally, like how we've engaged in that or, you know, the students that do plan for a long time and then other students who throw it together last minute and they might trust their ability to be creative more so than a student who's not quite maybe creative on their, yeah, Yeah. in their natural bent of life. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so how much do you love Behind Closed Doors? Oh, that's a great turn of, yes. <laughs> do you want to explain Behind Closed Doors from your student perspective, or would you like yeah, me yeah, to do that? As, as the experienced one in the room. <laughs> yes, that's a great, great deferring of that. So Behind Closed Doors is a residence life training uh, session where it, I think it's quite fun. I, I envy that, that I didn't get to do it this year, uh, where normally the residence life uh, staff trains the PAs uh, and DAs by acting out situations where a PA and DA might walk into it during the year. Hopefully they don't. I actually never walked into that many situations myself. never really had to use that myself. But you had to like practice a scenario and stuff. Um, yeah, I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you love it as much as I do. Sure, that's a great question. So Behind Closed Doors is actually something nationally that takes place. I Mm -hmm. haven't yet to be at a university or talk with someone from a university that doesn't utilize this part of training. So it's pretty standard across the Mm -hmm. academy of engagement with student training. I think what's interesting in this year is something actually that I brought to our team this year is that in the last, like I said, it's been almost 20 years since I've been in school, this has looked exactly the same. Yeah. And our experience with engaging with people and how people feel comfortable or don't feel comfortable with engaging with people has changed and the techniques that we have, the needs that we have. And so I personally love the essence of behind closed doors. I think that there's something that is being out of school for so many years. I do come across situations in real life or with friends or someone will tell me something or they'll say, hey, I need to talk with you. And then I hear even from a friend or, you know, other friends, you know, something that's going on in their family, their marriage with a kid, you know, something in their job that's really shocking. And I think that's part of behind closed doors is there's a shock value to mm-hmm. I can't believe this is actually happening. And I do think students who are the actors take liberty to maybe add a little extra to the experience. I also Uh think though, if we look at the essence of why we do behind closed doors, it's how do we engage in difficult conversation and how do we approach a difficult conversation and learning Mm -hmm. about ourselves as that person. And so I think it's great. I would love to think that that happens for people for the rest of their life, that it's shaping and how they think about conflict or they think about entering into a hard conversation because 
I mean, scripturally, like we are called the people of Israel and Jacob was wrestling with the angel in that process and then given the name Israel, which means to wrestle. And so we are people who wrestle. And so how people make decisions in their life are going to be wrestling and people are going to make decisions that we have to confront at times because we care about them. And so I think it's a great practice. I do think sometimes we maybe miss some of the essence of how do I engage personally in conflict Mm. and how will I choose to be part of this for the rest of my life um, versus turning away um, I think uh, in leadership, we need to get involved in creating the change and creating opportunities for change. And so I think behind closed doors can be a great opportunity for that. That's funny. Last year, because like last year, because of COVID, we didn't do it as a group. And I got the blessing to be an actor because I had already gone through it and stuff. And I don't know if you heard this story, but Brayden and I did the roommate conflict one. Oh, I don't think I have heard this story. This Brayden, is good. Is this conf- I feel like I'm in like a confessional. Yeah. Bra- oh, a little bit. Brayden and I did roommate conflict together. And Brandon and I are always like kind of like somewhat like like sometimes we just don't talk to each other. And like there's always it felt like in the moment, like everything was going to get released in this scene that we were acting out. And like Adam Nichols walks in and he's the PA and Brand and I'm sitting there on the couch and Brandon's just like walks in, starts singing music and stuff. And I'm like, dude, shut up. He's like, like, oh, they playing with me. And then I call him a bad word. And then. He stands up, grabs me. <laughs> he just grabs me. He says, say it again. And I say it again. <laughs> and like the, the PA is just like over there. Like, he's like, guys, stop, stop. And then Brandon and I just start going at it. Like, we're just like, part of it, like, did it feel real? Mm-hmm. But like, it was also like, we were like, they were worried kind of. We were like, just like laughing so hard at ourselves. And, but like, I took a lot of pride in mm-hmm. acting last year that's amazing you've seen a lot of conflict you knew how to behave in that that's great yeah we had a similar situation last year yeah um we did we did yeah um which is interesting because i had to think i had a very different experience than you did probably yeah um like because this is my how did you guys do it this year um we like we had different actors throughout all of second Mm burger and all of the pas and like da teams individually like went in and did it together um and honestly, I found it really difficult. It was really heavy. I mean, the topics themselves were really difficult and really heavy. And I think, like, just having, like, a, an hour of just watching and dealing with all of these, like, real life but really, really hard and deep, heavy problems, I think all of us at the end of it just felt, like, very heavy. Yeah. Very kind of, like, filled with sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was kind of, like, the first moment of, like, in terms of my preparation for the job being, like, wow, what we're going to do like really matters and people are going to be going through like real problems and I'm going to have to take real responsibility and ownership. Not saying that I have to take their, I don't have to like take the burdens off their back, but I should at least, you know, put their arm around me and help them carry it mm-hmm. and realizing that, that, that that's going to be a really big part of my job. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I quite internalized it until that moment. And I think like it, it, it was like the, it was a very, um, just a heavy, heavy time, I think, for all of us and our staff, um, which was really interesting. And it's a concentrated amount of time that people aren't on their phones and mm-hmm. they're not using any kind of release in the midst of it. So I think that mm-hmm. is also an interesting part of it, too, in the heaviness is that it's one scenario after another that you're walking into and there's not a lot of release happening in the midst of each situation. And so yeah. I think sometimes it's like if we encounter something that's challenging, we can be like, okay, I'll come back to that and we can yeah. peace out for a little bit 
you know, go eat something or go watch something or, you know, zone out for a little bit, play a video game and then Mm -hmm. come back and then engage in the next thing. And I think that the resistance of engaging that and the endurance that's needed to come face to face with, you know, experiences is really challenging. And Mm -hmm. so you all are really brave in that process. And we recognize it's asking a lot of students to engage in the difficulty of these experiences. I think sometimes like it's good. It's really good. But like sometimes you also have the opportunity to step in the room see what's happening and then walk out of the room mm-hmm. and then maybe come back in and out you know like prepare exactly. yourself like sometimes you kind of you don't always have to walk in the room and then be ready for something to happen mm-hmm. um and that and like it was good to like learn that but like there are a few examples i like come to mind like like with the pornography segment or like uh with like even like drinking or something like that you don't have to take care of that like right in the moment you might have some time to prepare <coughs> like you might have some time to think about what you're going to say or like call your hall director exactly and, and be like hey like this is happening like how how do you want me to handle it you know exactly and there's usually space between is what you're highlighting yeah so yeah mm-hmm. but we well, are this at, is a delightful little yeah. stopping point for it, our it is i actually go ahead and talk nathaniel how was your day i have to pick a song real quick <laughs> <laughs> my day was good got up nice and early um and now we're here i've been um Doing spending a lot of time in the ceramics room, it's been very nice. Got some glazing done. Is this new this semester? This is new, and I love it. I love it so much. I, my goal was to be uh, competent enough where I can justify having my own wheel and kiln when I get my own place. That, that's interesting. Yeah, but do you are you competent enough yet? I think so. Okay, I think so. I would love to go back with you and throw again sometime. Oh, you can make me blush. Yeah. For what sure. song do we have up? Uh, we have a song from a friend of the show. Okay. Um, Israel Smith. Oh, Israel. His son. Debut single, Rent Free. Rent Free. You've been living rent free in my mind. Act like I'm over you and I, but I lie. You've been messing with my feelings the whole time. Make it seem more than it is and go and change your mind. Every time I see you, you look great. But if you knew what I've been through, you'd hate yourself. My feelings for you never went away. Hey. Tell me, did you love me like you say? Cause if you didn't, please get out my head. I can't afford your love anymore. Oh. I thought we were on the same page, yeah. You've been living rent free in my mind Act like I'm over you and I, but I lie You've been messing with my feelings the whole time Make it seem more than it is, then go and change your mind You've been living rent free in my mind Act like I'm over you and I, but I lie You've been messing with my feelings the whole time Make it seem more than it is, then go and change your mind, yeah Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Why you look at me like I'm your guy? I can't keep that mistake. Your mistake. Whoa. I thought we were on the same page. I, I wanted you to be in my space.
in my feelings the whole time. The whole time. Make it seem more than it is. Ain't no one changing mind. You've been living rent free in my mind. In my Act like I'm over you and die, but I lie. You've been messing with my feelings the whole time. The whole time. Make it seem more than it is. Ain't no one changing mind. Don't know what you did to me. You were everything to me. Now you're stealing all my sleep. You did to me, you were everything to me. I don't know what to believe. You've been living rent free in my mind. In my mind. Act like I'm over you and I, but I lie. You've been messing with my feelings the whole time. The whole time. Make it seem more than it is, and go and change your mind. You've been Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so you guys know what time it is. I know you guys are all yet again so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's poetry time. I had a comment that said they love Nathaniel's poems. Oh my gosh! Thank goodness. Yeah. Whoever you are, I love you. That. Um, thank you. But um, today we have it's a little it's a little bit of both. Um, I got two things for you. They're rather short. From James Baldwin, um, the wonderful, wonderful writer. Um, so this is uh, an answer he gave to a 1961 interview where um, Studs Terkel asks Jimmy Baldwin after his first 20 years as a writer, who are you now? And Baldwin answers, who indeed? Well, I may be able to tell you who I am, but I am also discovering who I am not. I want to be an honest man, and I want to be a good writer. I don't know if ever, I don't know I don't know if one ever gets to be what one wants to be. You just have to play it by ear and pray for the rain. Which brings us back to his most famous poem, um, Praying for Rain. Lord, when you send the rain, think about it, please, a little. Do not get carried away by the sound of falling water, the marvelous light on the falling water. I am beneath the water. It falls with great force and light, blinds me. To the light. James Baldwin. That's great. Beautiful. So, the next segment of the show, a little more light, a little, little less um, thought, but a lot more discernment involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. I'm at the edge of my seat. Yeah. What are your three favorite movies or TV shows? Oh, those are good. That's a good question. Actually, I don't know if I can say th- like they're the top three. Nothing else, you know, makes the cut. But and, I'll give you no three. particular. Order. Okay, no particular order. Actually, I was thinking about this movie this week. Um, Sliding Doors from Sandra Bullock. It's years mm, ago. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an oldie but a goodie. And it talks about and the whole premise of the movie is getting on a train, and if you miss your train, what happens and how that mm. impacts your life. So Sliding Doors would be number one. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm going to say this one, and I also recognize I can't promote this. Actually, no, I'm going to use discernment and not use this one. Okay. okay. Um, let's say Lord of the Rings. I'll go that direction. Lord of the Rings. Okay. I can watch that. I've probably seen it, I don't know, 25 times. Wow. At the same time. 25 times? I mean, just. That's impressive. Well, it's been out for a while. That's like, but still, that's like almost a month's worth of time. If you're talking, are you talking about like that's all three? True. No, probably, probably all three, the entire beginning to end, maybe 12. 
But I've seen other, Still, you know, like the that's third That's like a one. week. Okay. That's like a good week of your life. That's true. You've spent, not judging, no judgment, not, just impressive. Not a bad thing. No. It's just, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, but I think every time I watch it, there's something new that I pick up on, yeah. that I learn, that I see, that I think about, something wow. different. Um, I mean, I also, something that's actually kind of fascinating about me, I'm not really into TV. I never have, but okay. even as a child, I was kind of mm. like, okay, TV, I'd rather be playing outside. So that was yeah. my essence of my childhood. But I did get pretty significantly into Schitt's Creek. So mm. you're welcome. I will say. With a C, everyone. Yes. S-C-H. Yes, I-T-T. So there you have it. So. That's a good one. Yeah. It, I don't think I I've watched, I don't, I mean, I've watched Lord of the Rings, but I haven't watched the other mm-hmm. two. I've watched Shit's Creek a little bit, uh, but I haven't been able to finish it. It's mm-hmm. a tougher, I think it was a tougher one to finish, to go yes. through. It just like felt like it was going, like I was like, after like the first two seasons, I was like, okay, this is going nowhere. You yeah. Know? <laughs> There's really deep character development as it keeps going on, okay. which I'm appreciative of, um, but it's lighthearted and I wouldn't, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but I wanted to give you something TV oriented. So, yeah. 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 Um, what are you? Three of your favorite books outside of Transcendence at the Table. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Because we already know that's everyone's favorite book yes. in this room. Amazing. That's very kind of you. Um, that is also challenging for me to narrow it down, but I will say, um, oh my gosh. Okay. So Narn- this, the Narnia series would be up there. I mm-hmm. feel really thankful for the mystery and the curiosity and the metaphor that's connected to c.s lewis so thank you c.s lewis for his investment in the world Mm -hmm. there's a book by a woman named priya parker called the art of gathering and she is a conflict mediator actually is her full-time profession and in that she talks about how to gather and why we meet together and so she adds meaning to what we do and why we do what we do and um grew up in a multicultural family and the spaces of navigating conflict and hospitality is really profound. So Priya Parker, highly recommend that book. Gosh, and then a third, how do I narrow this down? Um, Let me come back to the third. I need to narrow it down. I want to feel really confident about this third. (laughs) And I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm kind of between a few. So Sounds good. I added a new book to my list this week that I'm, I want to purchase. Oh, mm. let's hear it. Um, it was the art of not worrying, or I don't know. It was on my something about not worrying or hurrying. That now that I think about it, it wasn't that important to say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hurrying well, and worrying both are but important. Like I heard Trevor like, and I have a very lovely relationship where he is a prolific book collector mm-hmm. and i'm a prolific book reader mm-hmm. so we work very well together oh mm-hmm. great so we have a reader and a collector yes that's yes. great yes we're too, sadly but, we are neither both of them yeah mm-hmm. i must admit i often i definitely read more at this point i think i'm reading more of his books than i'm reading my own oh. probably but probably at least they're getting used exactly yeah. well yeah. He, not to say not to say he doesn't read them it just takes a lot longer yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're also full-time students both of you are in your career right now right. of learning yeah. so yeah, uh-huh. and then, like, I just go through, like, I just, like, have a harder time reading in college, too, because, like, I just, there's always something that I could be doing, and if I were to do be something, like, doing academic, like reading, I know I could be doing my homework mm-hmm. yeah. that might be due in a few days or something like that, and I'm like, well, I really don't want to do my homework, and I really don't want to feel bad for not doing my homework by reading, mm-hmm. so I don't ever just end up reading while I'm at school. I, I normally can p- go through some books when I'm at home yeah. um, over Christmas or, or over the summer. 
I always read really well over the summer. That's yeah. great. So I hope once I start... see, I'm kind of the opposite. Is for me, it's like I when I'm doing homework, I'm like I could be reading, and then I procrastinate by reading because mm-hmm. I'm like I don't feel bad. Like I'm mm. like I'm still learning. Like I'm still I'm still like engaging critically with something. It's not what I'm supposed to, <laughs> but I'm still engaging with something, and so it makes me feel better when I am procrastinating. So like right. if I ever don't feel like doing homework but I know I need to be productive. I just read a book. That's great. Yeah. That's great. You could do different vices that are much more harmful than yeah. reading. So very That's true. well. Yeah. That's true. Okay, I'll give you my third one. Um, Barbara Brown Taylor's book, An Altar in the World. Mm-hmm. So that would be the third one. And talking about encountering God and how our shins should be bruised because we're encountering God wherever we go. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, talking about Narnia, my brother. So I, when I was like really, so I have a pretty big difference between my brother's ages. So like my brother, my oldest brother is 32 my other brother is going to be turning 31 in a week or so. Um, and I thought you were going to say, like, in 19 hours. <laughs> no, no, no. For those who don't know, I looked at my watch, which doesn't even have the date or calendar. I don't know why I always do that. Um, but, uh, and so my oldest brother is a prolific, prolific reader to the point where he reads two to three books a week. Um, sometimes I'm just like, come on. <laughs> You can do something else. But anyways, um, he, like, growing up, he would read to me, like, pretty much every night. Mm. Um, And he read the entire Narnia series to me, like, when I was, like, uh, in elementary school. And that was one of our biggest, like, bonding moments. That's amazing. I was forever. It was a very good, like, it's a very warm memory. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. How big of a bookshelf does your brother have? So he has, in his bedroom, he has, like... These he just got them, um, but he has these two like really like I think they're like four shelves and it spans almost an entire wall full of books. And then in his living room, because he has an apartment, um, which I stayed I was in, when I was in quarantine last year during J term I went and stayed in his apartment, and it was delight it was so interesting how like I started to live like him when I was in his space. Hmm. Um, like, it was so interesting how I'm pretty sure I fell right into the exact same routines that he would fall into that are very uncharacteristic of me, where, like, I never left the apartment, which I'm normally always out and about, and, like, I would get up early and I'd feed the birds and I'd just read and, like, drink tea while I was waiting for my Zoom classes to start, just like he would, even though it's uncharacteristic of me. I don't know. It was so weird. But his whole living room, he just has, like, stacks of books that are just, like, on, like, so that start on the floor and right. then are just, like, alphabetized up. Um, but yeah, like he doesn't have Wi-Fi in his apartment or anything. It's like just books. That's amazing. Like that's just all he does really. Crazy. <laughs> Sounds sort of dreamy. Yeah. yeah. He's actually in the process of writing a book, which we're all very proud of and can't wait for it to be finished. That's great. But, What's the topic? Uh, it's like a high fantasy book, okay. six series. Um, so yeah, I read the first like, uh, parts of it on like the Google drive. And it's um we're all very excited. I think it's gonna be really good. Nice. That's great. He definitely has the he definitely has done the research for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> to put it that way. <laughs> right. That's he definitely great. knows what he's talking about when it comes to those books. Right. That's hmm. great. Wow. Well, to wrap up, I guess, how are you? And how is has this year been for you? Mm-hmm. And how can we support you? That's a kind question. I've been so thankful for the space that students have had and as a university that we've had to be more collective. I mean, even um, you commented on 
sporting events and feeling really excited about how much energy is around student engagement mm-hmm. and events. And mm-hmm. I feel like we were given a forced fast through the pandemic of yeah. spending time with people. And so there's been a reigniting of what that looks like. So I feel really excited about that. I feel excited about the why of all of us coming back together has felt like it's needed to be readdressed and engaged. So that's been really exciting. So I would just hope that students continue to be creative and how to create change that is meaningful and equitable for people and brings the kingdom of God to earth. And I would hope that their time here and your time here as students, that you get to experience that and you get to experience more of God's transcendent love um, that does really surpass the day-to-day and that roommate disagreements, I mean, that you two never have, but Mm -hmm. if you do, Mm -hmm. have them that they are moved and motivated by love in the space of um, understanding who God is in that space. So that would be my hope for students and our community. Yeah. Yeah. Has COVID been better, like dealing with it and quarantines and stuff? Has that been better? I think so. I mean, I... I think that COVID was the point in higher education that was the thing last year that we had to all encounter. And every year there's something that people need Mm -hmm. to encounter um, as it pertains to how we engage with. And it was a global pandemic. So I actually, for myself, I think there was space to say, okay, how do we engage this and what is going on? beyond just the immediate mask or no mask who's getting vaccinated who's not and the conversation has been really robust so i do think it's been our numbers are less at the same time i think the conversation still lingers and some of potentially people's you know lingering perspectives still need to be talked about discourse has felt so much healthier this year Yes. yes which i'm so thankful for and i think like and i don't know how much of this has to do with kind of the new internet policies on speech but I have noticed just in general that like political discourse has started to heal, mm-hmm. which is so encouraging mm-hmm. that at least at Taylor, it doesn't seem quite as divisive as it was my freshman year and mm-hmm. definitely last year mm-hmm. during COVID. And I think it's we're reminded that we're talking to humans and about mm-hmm. humans, and we're right. talking about another person. It's not just this. I can say whatever I want. And I think people are just getting tired too mm-hmm. of like the hatred and frustration going yes. back from both sides. Right. I think people are starting to realize, like, I think there's, I'm, I'm, I'm the hopeful side of me is believing that there's a recalibration and a reconciliation mm-hmm. beginning to happen. It hasn't happened, but it's beginning to happen. Right. That's beautiful. And I think we get to all be part of that change. So. Right. Yeah. Well, this was delightful. Well, thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. It was nice to be here. Yeah. Yes. Thank to, you. To all of our listeners, we have, um, the one and only Jeff Wallace next week. So. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. The thing we didn't say, how did your football team do this week? I don't even know. I'm assuming they lost. You want to know? Yeah, how did they do? Well, at one point, they were losing to the Eagles 41-0. to Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. I could have. So we have a bet going on right now that, like, Nathaniel has to dress up, like, with my Whoever's clothes. football team wins gets oh. to dress the other. Yes. Oh, and it's not did, looking good for you. I have, had a have, busy Sunday. We, we have not had a one. A one Nathaniel okay. had a busy Sunday. The Colts okay. lost. Like, and I'm a fa- Colt fan of the Colts. Yeah. I almost told him that. No, I saw that they lost in overtime because okay. I was talking to um, Liam who went to the game. Yeah. Well, I almost told him. Like, he had just had a busy Sunday. And I was like, you know, there's a chance that he wouldn't know if <laughs> I lied to him not or not and made That's him true. dress up in yeah. my playing outfit and to see if he would just catch it or not Yeah. before he had to dress up. But I thought about it. But I didn't end up doing it. It's yeah. really kind so we of both you, got losses yet yep. again. <laughs> yeah. Happens. Yep. Oh, right. you're one one of these weeks, Nathaniel. Hopefully. Yeah. All right.